I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's guest is Kathleen L. I got connected to her through a mutual friend who thought she had an incredible story and had created magic from something that was so tragic in her life. My vision for this podcast is to help you see that even when life hands you something that seems so incredibly hard, that if you just remember to trust and know it's just another chapter in your life and a lesson you were put on this earth to learn from, then those moments will come in and go out with ease and grace, but you just need to surrender and trust. One of my books that I love, one of my all-time favorites actually, reminded me of this. It's called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. His way of looking at the obstacles in life as lessons and to just allow the process and trust with all your knowing that everything in your life is working for you, not to you. I want to share with you this quote from his book. No matter who we are, life is going to put us through the changes we need to go through. The question is, are we willing to use this force for our transformation? I saw that even very intense situations don't have to leave psychological scars if we are willing to process our changes at a deeper level. This quote also reminded me of my guest today, Kathleen. She suffered a devastating loss of her 19-year-old son, Logan, from suicide. As a single mom, she had fought to build a successful career in business, politics, and government, but the death of her son cracked her wide open. Her emotional well-being teetered, and her life fell into disarray and despair. But just as that quote said, are you willing to use this force for your transformation? That is exactly what she has done in the past 10 years. You are going to love this interview, and it will change your life and how you view any intense situation. Before we get started, let me give you a little background of who Kathleen is today. Kathleen is a nationally recognized inspirational speaker, author, and emotional wellness coach. Her mission is simple, to empower those who suffer from trauma to take back their power and live full and dazzling lives. With a mix of humor, empathy, and spiritual healing, Kathleen inspires people to search deep, to uncover their personal strengths, or as I would say, the magic, and advocate for their personal empowerment. There is going to be so much magic in Kathleen's interview today. I can't wait to get started. So without further ado, welcome Kathleen to Uncover Your Magic. Thank you, Ashley. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I love that The Surrender Experiment is one of your favorite books because it is mine as well. 
well, you live yeah. that way too. So that's why yeah. it, I was trying to think today when I was thinking, I've been like doing my Kathleen research and what struck with me was that book. It kept coming to me and I just, mm-hmm. I, I send it to my mom during court. I send it to people because I just feel like reading that book gives people like this empowering hope. I don't even know, but it just really struck me when I thought, you know what? That her life story, remind, the way she's been living is the surrender experiment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love that book anyway. Anyway, so thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Grateful. And I would just, this. I know this hour will go quick and you have such an incredible story. And I think when people listen to this, it's going to give them such strength and hope and this, just this knowing that what you went through and how you transformed your life and used it to transform and now to empower others is an amazing gift. And you figured out your purpose. Yeah. And I want to go back to, you can go back to wherever you want to start, but let's go back and then kind of go through the, through where you are today. Sure. Okay. So, and please feel free to jump in whenever you would like to ask a question because I can get caught up in the amazingness of what life is today versus what it was then. So, you know, when I was a child, I actually experienced young trauma as a very young girl and it was emotional, physical and abuse. My birth father actually even shot at us as uh, young children. Fortunately, I have a father that came into my life later on in life that was a wonderful man who adopted me and I consider as my dad. But I share that because, you know, most people as an adult would have thought that I was a powerhouse woman. You know, I'd served in government. I I was a single mom for most of my children's life. I was pretty active. I did everything. Anything I put my mind to it, I did it. And as an executive at the largest commercial construction association there, there was in the state of Vermont, my life shattered just at the drop of a dime. You know, when I was found out that my son had taken his life, he not only took his life, he took his life when he was mad at me. And he wrote a note asking that I not attend his service. Mm. And so for those events to happen, my world shattered. Inside, I was torn apart. Logan's last 18 months of his life was tumultuous. You know, it was challenging. And so for the next four or five months, I really found myself going deeper and deeper into a depression and a spin of, it's all my fault. I should have saved him. How can I face anybody? How can I live? And I found myself and one day when I should have been at the grocery store, just going through business life like everyone else did, found myself lying on Logan's grave mm. and begging, pleading, crying, please, whoever, whatever took my son, please take me too. It was mm. the worst pain that I'd ever experienced. And I really wanted to die. I did not want to live in this world any longer. My daughter lived out of state. She was going to college in North Carolina and I lived alone. So I was truly struggling. And I don't know how long I laid on that grave, just begging, crying, just pleading, whatever, please just take me. I didn't want to live. And I suddenly found myself quiet. My body had stopped, uh, had become calm and my, I'd stopped crying. 
And I heard this clear message out of nowhere from above that said, if this happened in your life, then you're meant to do something with it. Now do it. And it was then that I started to shift how I responded to Logan's transition. And I started to invest all my time. You know, I had enough contacts. I was well enough known in the state of Vermont as a 25 years plus in, in public service that people knew who I was. I had the contacts. I had the media connections. I knew that I had the story and I knew that they would pick up the story if I was willing to share it. So I started to speak out on suicide awareness about the signs of suicide and about changing the language around suicide. So it's seen as a mental health illness that it is versus is described as committing a crime, like committing suicide. And I just, from that point forward, I started to invest in being of service again, preventing other people from living the pain I was living. Did you, with Logan, did you see his, so you say it was tumultuous and it was, you were going down this deep, he was not happy and he was very Mm -hmm. depressed. Were you now look when you're looking back going, oh, if I did this or if I did that, did you live that way? I absolutely did, especially as someone who's supposed to be a successful mom, you know, a successful woman. Well, how could you not save your son? How right. could you, you know, those are the questions I was asking myself. It took months for me to go into the local grocery store because I couldn't stand to look at the pity in people's eyes, nor could I stand to actually answer the question, how are you? You know, my son just took his life. You know, how do you think I am? And so I had all those questions. I went down, you know, that shame, that spiral of shame of, you know, you should have saved your life if you only had done this, if you hadn't done that. And, you know, I just questioned myself so, so much. And it took a long time for me to realize that I actually needed to start investing in my own healing because every time I spoke out, Every time I attempted to save someone else's life, I became more and more intertwined into the shame because Mm -hmm. no one knew, no one knew that there was a note. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. No one knew. So how did you find that note? For eight years, no one knew. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And what's interesting, it's in my book called Women Who Rise, and I have another book coming out in October launching called Shattered Together, but the book... And Women Who Rise talks about how I found out about the note. Mm -hmm. And I found about the note because a medium told me I was seeking the connection to my son. And I knew that I had seen signs with my son. I'd felt that his energy was there and there were multiple signs around. And we can talk a little bit about those signs and Mm -hmm. how that kept me going. And... So I reached out to a medium because I just needed Logan to know how much I loved him. I needed him to know how sorry I was for whatever I might have done. And I wanted to know that he was okay and he was safe and he was, he was no longer in pain anymore, you know? And so I went to the medium and the medium said, there's something that you don't know. And it's in the, in the records you need to find out. And so my son had moved to his dad's two weeks earlier which he lived in South Carolina at the time. And so I called the police department and sure enough, the police department had said that there was a note because I had questioned whether it was suicide or not. Okay. And the, so he was and, in South, he was in, um, he wasn't with you. 
He was in a different state. I did. I did not find him. He was okay. actually two weeks earlier. He had moved to his dad's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when he has, when you find this note through the medium and you read that he didn't want you to be there. That was part of the crushing, you know, that was part right. of the, you know, first four or five months and really time doesn't matter if anybody's gone through any sudden and unexpected loss at all. You understand that your body becomes numb or heavy and full of pain, like time it just doesn't exist. Your memory's gone. There's so many symptoms and grief in general. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're going through something like this, that the exact time frame is not complete for me. Right. And so that was part of the reason I just wanted, like, I was so full of shame that that note was written. And there's a number of reasons why not many, no one really knew. I mean, there was only a no, very few it. people knew. And I, I mean, I think, that. first of all, that guilt and then along top of that would be that just as a mom myself, if mm-hmm. I would have read, I mean, I would have, oh, I don't blame you, but yeah. I, I'm curious on the signs. Tell me about signs. I totally believe in signs. I love signs. I look for them all the time. I teach my kids to look for signs. My dad passed away when Paige was two days old and I was in the hospital and I just kept there's signs and I, there's like an owl when I'm running, there's an owl. That's my dad. And and when I see the hummingbirds or, you know, anything and the numbers on a clock, one, two, three is my dad, you know, just, you know, finding those signs that are just so. I mean, it, it gives you hope, you know, like I just know that he's there. I love that. But I want yeah, you to the, share your signs. They're amazing signs. So, so Logan's basketball number is 33 and I see him, see it all the time. And all I, do, I have to do is think and just say, Logan, will you please give me a sign that you're here? I need you here today. And 33 will pop up or his initials LV will pop up or something will pop up, but I will give you specific signs right after his service. I was in the kitchen and he had a cat named Hilton and his sister had a cat named Paris. And so, yeah. And there were pictures hanging on the wall in the kitchen and there was a stand there and Hilton, I hear some yawling and Hilton is up on his hind legs on that stand with one paw up on the wall and the other paw touching the picture of Logan's face uh. and crying, just uh. crying. And he just kept petting it like he just like Logan's spirit was there. And I knew it with all my heart. Hmm. Another time I was laying on Logan's bed playing a game of cribbage on my phone because that was the game that Logan and I would play when he was around. And... Hilton was always in Logan's bedroom and this particular night he wouldn't come in. So he was sitting on the threshold of the door and he kept looking up into the air and his head kept tilting and he kept crying. And I'm like, come on in. So I put the phone down. I'm just looking at him and I'm thinking some, you know, like there's a spirit in here. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden Hilton leaps into the air with his paws out and just yawls and up into the air like he was leaping into Logan's spirit. So of course I laid down and I started crying and I rolled over onto my side and then I felt Logan's spirit spoon me and put his arm around my stomach. Like I could feel his energy wrap around me. And so... Those are all signs where some people may think I'm crazy. And I'm telling you, it is true because 
there's other signs like I was getting ready to move out of our home and I said, Logan, will you please just let me know that this is the right thing to do? And I'm in the kitchen cleaning, cleaning the oven and the, you know, the freezer, the refrigerator. I open up the oven door and there's a penny in the oven door. And I'll Mm. tell you in a moment why this is significant. And I'm like, okay, got it. And then I go to clean out the refrigerator and the freezer. There's a penny in the freezer as well. And why that's so significant is anybody can find a penny on the floor. They can find a penny out in the driveway. They can, but in the refrigerator, in the freezer and the oven, his favorite thing to do was cook frozen uh, buffalo chicken wings. Oh my gosh. So there are signs after signs after signs. If we're open and we're willing and ready to listen, I kept saying, one of the things that really just really needed to feel is like, this gets me emotional even today. I kept just begging, Logan, if I could just hold you just one more time, just let me hold you one more time. And, you know, I was sleeping and I had a visit from him. So I was at the age I was, and he came to me as a toddler and I felt him in my arms at a toddler with mm-hmm. his finger wrapped, his hand wrapped around my finger, his head on my chest, which is where he was the most comfortable always. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was given the gift that I asked for, mm-hmm. was I got to hold him one more time. Oh, I love that. Because it was his physical body there. Do you dream uh, or? I know his energy is around me. And, you know, to go a little bit further, you know, when I was realizing that I was living in all this pain and the shame that I just couldn't live in that any longer. And the detailed stories are in Shattered Together with tools and tips and daily practices and teachings that people can use that's in there. So the healing has given me the belief and the knowledge that we're all energy. And while we are bodies and his physical body's not here any longer. His energy, his gregariousness, his playfulness, his joyfulness is here with us every minute of the day. Mm. And so I know he is my partner in this business. He is guiding me in what I'm doing, along with the divine. You're like, we are one. We are energy. And if there's anything that Logan's transition has taught me is that, and given me as a gift and given others as a gift is we have layers of darkness from the experiences that we hold, mm-hmm. whether it's early childhood trauma, whether it's just a fight with someone or a breakup or a job loss or anything, just daily stuff that we choose to hide, to mask, to avoid, you know, that creates layers of darkness over our light because every single one of us are light. Mm-hmm. And so the more that I invested in my healing, the more those darkness of those layers started to peel off and the more connected I felt and the more I listened to my inner guidance and the more I was able to say, okay, I'm going to heal one hour at a time. I'm not going to focus on how long down the road it's going to be. Right now I'm going to focus on one hour at a time. And each time I invested in that healing, I got one step closer to a layer of hope. Oh, I love that. When you say healing, where do you start? Like here you are on his grave and, you know, now it's like I've used this. Now I found my purpose. I'm going to start healing. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I didn't say start healing then. You know, at that moment, no, at that moment, I was all about, I've got to prevent someone else from feeling what I'm feeling. Got it. And so I started educating people about signs of suicide and suicide awareness in general. Like, what do you do about suicide? And, And teaching people that it's a mental health illness, it's not a crime. And assisting people in the mindset of mental health illness is very similar to diabetes or cancer or any other illness that we have. Mm -hmm. It's just not spoken of, you know? And the more that we speak about the illnesses we have, the more free people become because they stop hiding. After a while, I just wasn't living in so much shame and darkness. Every time I spoke out, sometimes it would take just a day for me to get my strength back up to do it again. Other times it took days and sometimes weeks for me to get back up and do it again because it would cripple me to mm. speak publicly about about what I thought was so passionate about was to assist others in their pain or to to prevent the pain from occurring. Because what people don't understand, and if you are considering taking your life or you are are in a dark space, just know this, that your life matters, that you matter, and that your life touches more people than you could even imagine. The people who surrounded me, I, by Logan's transition, I was in politics. So people around the world were touched by my son's suicide. Mm. It affected that many people. Right. And so... When people are in that dark space, reach out to someone, talk to someone, educate yourself if you know someone who's in a dark place, so where you can at least be there in the way they need to be there, you to be there. You definitely have a purpose, and it's amazing that he gave you that purpose. And I go back to, I'm shifting the mindset, but I really believe that, you know, we're all here for a reason, and our kids pick us to learn lessons here on this earth. And we come here to sift and sort and, you know, learn and grow. And that's why we're here to grow, right? So what is your take on, you know, did Logan come into your life, Kathleen, before you decided even to come here on this earth and you decided together that this is going to happen? Do you believe that? I absolutely believe that. I believe Logan and I had a contract And actually, I believe there were contracts with multiple people, but I believe Logan and I had a contract that he would leave this earth earth early when Mm -hmm. he was young. Do I know that it was he would leave the earth by suicide? I don't know that to be true, but I do know that he was going to leave this earth early. I didn't know that before because I would have done everything I could. I would give my my life today. I would be tortured today if my son could come back and grow old with his sister. Mm -hmm. I would be tortured for that to happen. And I know that's not possible. So Mm. what can I do with what's been delivered to us? And what I see today, what I know today is that Logan's transition is absolutely part of my journey and my life purpose, and it's also for others. Like, Mm -hmm. it is my purpose to live and to educate and to help people move through their healing than it is to bottle it up. So I went through child domestic abuse, sexual abuse, I bullied, 
multiple marriage, failed marriages. Like it, I mean, you name it, I've been through it. I'd like to call it like the rhubarb pie. I have some amazing sweet stuff and then I have the bitter <laughs> sour stuff. So uh-huh. it's kind of like I can see it as a pie versus this dark stuff. But it, had I not gone through all that I had gone through prior to Logan's transition, there's no way I would have survived a suicide. There's mm-hmm. no way. Hmm. So every single thing that I experienced in my life that I thought was horrible, that I thought was that I had some shame wrapped around, or if I had some resentment wrapped around, I have zero shame and zero resentment now. I am grateful for those experiences. Not that I'd want to relive them, but I'm grateful for what they taught me because they gave me strength and resiliency. So where I could be strong enough to move through the healing process that was necessary for me to be the healer that I am today in this world. Mm, That is amazing. And you know, you, I look at you and you're just beautiful and you have this energy about you that you have, that you want to give to people and you want to show them the light. You know, I feel like you're like this. I want to teach you how to see the light because it's amazing when you get there, right? So if someone came to you and let's say it's not as strong of an issue, like if a suicide or if they come Mm -hmm. with a divorce or a, you know, anything that's a traumatic experience in their life, what modalities do you use to help them overcome? Like, where do you begin? So I always say no one really overcomes. So I'm awesome. I'm so glad that you said that. And no one really recovers. It's not about overcoming or recovering. It is about moving through. So life is a healing journey not mm-hmm. a story of pain. So we can hold on to that story of pain if we want. We have a choice. I just want to say a little bit about what Jack Canfield teaches, and that's where the aha happened to me three years ago or with me almost three years ago. And then we'll go into what I, what I assist people in moving through their pain. It's the formula of E plus R equals O. It's events happen in our life, There's a response that we're going to have, and then our life is the outcome. How we respond is how we're going to live. And from the time Logan transitioned and through to now, I have lived that. And I didn't even know that I was living that until I went to the One Day of Greatness for Jack Canfield. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I did on Logan's grave. It's like that event happened in my life and I had no control over it whatsoever. No control over whether he took his life or not. What I have control over is how I respond, which is how I'm going to live. Mm-hmm. So do I want to live a life of pain or do I want to move through it so I can help other people move through it? So every time I make a choice, it's about what's my response in life. Right. And so how I assist others to move through their, their pain that they're holding, that they don't even realize they're holding in their body, is there's multiple modalities. I actually channel messages now and I channel energy healing and I could give you hundreds of referrals that could give you examples of what what I've been able to do with the divine energy so I get to be the vessel and I get to deliver it and I get to share that with other people as I'm channeling the divine energy and messages so I can I just can, I connect to their body and I actually can feel where in their body. Like right now I can almost feel like there's a little bit of a heart, like there's a little bit of pain on my left side of my heart. So I don't know what might be happening with you, that there might be some tightness in your heart area. 
Or that, not. So, is that a new thing? I mean, are you just, is this developing because you're being coming more aware or did it come like, are you doing this because you're so aware of all the, the stuff with, that you've had to go with through with, with Logan? Um, Logan's transition broke me open, shattered me together. And mm-hmm. that, and it is because I am moving. I think I've, I'm more connected to the light within me. And so what I used to do is seek outside of me for acceptance and love and worthiness and, and all the things that we think that someone else is going to provide for us. Right. And really it's inside us the whole time. Mm. And so because of that, I'm more open to it, I believe, because now I trust it. So I believe as I look back over life, I've always had the ability to know and I didn't always follow that or However, trust it. Like or maybe, trust it. Yeah. Right. And you, so I sat on judiciary for six of the eight years that I served as a legislator and we wrote civil unions. So when civil union, it's about gay and lesbians being couples before it was a marriage we, huh. in, in Vermont. So it was the first, it was a landmark legislation. And as we were working through that, we knew that we couldn't go from nothing to marriage. We knew that there had to be a stepping stone for it to actually even start. And we were in the committee talking about what to name the process. And, you know, like it just came to me, like, like just with a snap of my fingers. And I'm like, why not civil union? It's about a civil partnership and a civil rights and responsibility. And it's about a union of two people. So civil unions. Hmm. I didn't come up with that. That was given to me. That was provided to me. I didn't know that at the time, but I do know that now. And so because I've been willing to move through the pain and move through the grief and step into the fear of the unknown and listen to the guidance and act on that, I have become more and more confident with the skills and the gifts that I've been given to help others. Hmm. So... I do channeling and energy healing, and then I'm also becoming a master in what's called the regenerating images and memory. So it is another healing modality that this is actually the client is the lead, and I just get to facilitate their healing process. So I facilitate them going back into the first time that something made them feel the way they were feeling. And it's a whole process, but it's a science about using our imagination because honestly, everything really is an imagination. So Mm -hmm. we're using our imagination to go inside to become more aware of what we're holding and seeing it from a different perspective. Hmm. So, and when I was first committed to actually moving through my Grief, my pain, because I had no other choice. I could not continue to live like that because I swore, I promised Logan and myself that I would do everything I could to help others. And I couldn't do that if I carried that pain and I had to do something different. So I went through cognitive thought therapy. I went through PTS treatment, which is post-traumatic stress treatment. And interesting enough, the post-traumatic stress treatment had nothing to do with my son's transition because I was working through that grief. What it had to do was the early trauma that I never really dealt with. In your life. In my life. Yes. Right. Like the first seven or eight years that were programmed, all those for the beginning of your life? Yeah. From zero to eight, you are programmed with, well, that's how you learn to live the rest of your life. 
right. even though the program is so skewed. And I can give you an example of how skewed it is if you're interested. Love it. Sure. Yeah. So when my birth father came home drunk and started beating on my mother, there was a big conflict and he decided he was going to kill us. So he went and grabbed his gun. So my mom brought my sister, who is three years older than I am, who is three years older than I am. She put herself and my sister in the bathtub after, you know, closing the bathroom door. And then she put me between the toilet and the, and the wall because for her, there was only enough room for the two of them in the bathtub and then me in a safer mm-hmm. space, which is a smaller space because I was the youngest. Right. She was protecting me the best way she could protect me. Mm-hmm. The program that I had as a three-year-old or a four-year-old was, what about me? I'm over here all by myself. How come I'm not lovable enough to be in the bathtub? Well, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So there was a program that was created there that I created. My mom did everything she could to protect us. She actually stayed with a man that beat her on a regular basis because when I was young, they didn't have the services that we have today. So she was afraid that her children were going to be taken away from her and she wouldn't be able to care for them. So she chose to stay and be beaten which is, again, it's a different perspective right? today. I have a new awareness around what she sacrificed and how much strength it took for her to do that versus how I used to feel of resentment and like, I can't believe that she would stay with someone like that. There's no way I would do that. Like such judgment around it. Right. And now I have a totally, totally, totally different perspective all because of regenerating images and memory. As a mother, when you started having children, was that something in your forefront of your mind that you wanted to obviously not repeat? Or were you just a new young mom and having babies and you're, were you really, really aware of that? I was very aware and so was everyone else. But if you ever thought of laying a hand on me, it would be done. And my reaction would be so strong that <laughs> no one attempted to lay a hand on me. However, You know, I got in relationships that were not emotionally, I chose relationships that were not in my best emotional well-being. And why do you think that? That's what I'm curious about. You know, when people, I always tell my girls because they're 11 and 14 and I didn't get married till I was with Richard, 35, 36. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I had this time to prepare (laughs) <laughs> and sure. I knew exactly how I was going to have these babies. And, you know, I, I knew I always tell the girls, you have to have a three in front of your number and you have to have dated and really get your life together. You have to learn how to buy a house, you know, all the things to be a woman, you know, raising girls is so different than if you're raising boys. I want them to be self-sufficient, not needing anybody, you know, all these things that I'm trying to prepare them. But then when I'm meeting, so I'm choosing this man and I see these repeated people coming into my life, right? Sure. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, I mean, it took me many years to figure that out. But some people yeah. that get married in their early 20s and don't really know who they are. Right. You know. Oh, it took me men. longer than my early 20s, honey. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, so if you're in your 40s, ladies, it's okay. There's still time to change. Right. <laughs> or to move through the pain that you, you're carrying. Actually, not change. <laughs> move through the pain that you're carrying. You know, now I look at it as 
we have a feminine side and we have a masculine side. And my feminine side was so desperate to be loved, to be cared for, to be needed, to prove to someone that I was worthy of being loved. Mm-hmm. That was the predominant response. And my definition of love was to give more of myself than, than what was there to give. As I said, I was sexually, you know, abused. Mm -hmm. I was emotionally abused. I was physically abused. Now, fortunately, I was not as physically abused as my mom or my sister because my response to the turmoil was different than my mom and my sister. So we're just all very, very different. And Mm -hmm. I was seeking love outside of me. That's all I can say is I was choosing people who were not right for me. And I caused pain for them too, because I chose to leave every one of those relationships. Right. But you're attracting these abusive people? No. Well, no, I don't think that they were abusive. I just think that they were in an emotional state where they are. And I was in the emotional state where I was. And that didn't serve me. Mm -hmm. And so I chose to move forward. So really, it's about the choices of patterns that we choose because of our own belief of our own self-worth. It has nothing to do with the man you choose. Really, it's about our choice. And I know that may, yeah, I exactly. Uh, I am worthy. I tell the girls, I am worthy all the time. Those I am statements, that has to be one of them because you are worthy. You are worthy of everything, every bit of love. Yeah, I am worthy. I am love. I am love. I am divine love. Totally. And and you are divine love. And, you know, the other thing I want to just say that this really, truly had nothing to do with the men I chose because they they all had amazing, really good qualities too. Mm -hmm. So they had, and I saw those really good qualities. Right. And what it has to do with is to listen to your instincts, to listen to your inner knowing you know, on most of the relationships I was, I've been in, I knew inside that that wasn't going to be the right relationship for me. Mm-hmm. But I just kept moving forward because I cared and I knew that they were good people. And, you know, like there was so much, yeah. it was really about my response. I ignored my inner self and my inner being. And that's usually, not always, but that's usually when we find ourselves in such turmoil. You know, I haven't dated in three years. That was my next question. (laughs) You read my mind. See, you're so intuitive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now I haven't dated in three years because I really wanted to work through what I felt I was still holding. And until I was able to truly forgive myself Mm -hmm. for the experiences that I've chosen to be in, because I've already forgiven everyone else. In those examples, because they did the best they could with what they knew. Right. And I can easily forgive other people. What a freeing feeling. I love that. I love when people can get to that place in life where they Mm -hmm. can just, that's all they knew. You know, I don't, I love my mom. She didn't know any better. My dad, like they just, they only are doing what they knew best to do. And I love that. And it's just, you know, three years ago, three years ago when I stood on the stage at Jack Canfield, and again, I'm going to talk about Shattered Together, but this story is in Shattered Together. And I'm not going to say about the whole story, but I ended up standing on the stage and it just had it held such guilt. You know, like I held in a secret for 27 years, which was around Logan. 
27 years. Like I didn't wow. even tell my husband. And what this exercise that, that Jack does on stage and is about releasing the shame and, and stop hiding because really about stop hiding is about your neighbors probably hiding something either equivalent to the same, the same or worse. Right. And we all hide from each other what we're ashamed of. But in fact, if we would just let it out, we'd mm-hmm. see that we're all beings. Really, when we start to realize that we're one and we're all just energy, not just energy, that we're really just energy, like mm-hmm. we're energy and we got a body that's holding it. We are humans. Right. It doesn't matter what color our skin is, what political party you belong to, what religion you belong to. It doesn't matter. We're energy. So until we realize that we're one, things aren't going to change. <laughs> right. Well, let's. And, that, that reminds me of what we're going through now. Mm-hmm. And we only have a few minutes left. And I want to really, oh, there's wow. so much more I want to talk about. But what it reminded me of what you just said is we're going through that we've been, you know, in, in quarantine and all the stuff that's going on in this world. And, you know, in the beginning, I was thinking, okay, God is, you know, telling us we need to wake up. We need to reset. Let's, you know, stop everyone, not just one group. And then all this stuff comes up through, you know, all these other channels of disarray. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, wow, we, we really have a lot of stuff to get work through. You know, this- well, that or is it fear creating fear? Right. You know, like fear creating fear, creating fear, creating fear. And, you know, the, like I was reading Jesus and the Essenes, Essenes, or I was listening to, I should say, a couple of months ago. And it was back when all the social unrest was happening. And I was like, oh my gosh, like even way back then, we were still creating divide. You know, we divided people because of power and politics and, you know, and all Jesus and the Essenes and some others. And, you know, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. Like, I just believe that we're all energy and good for you for whatever religion you're in. Right. Yeah. The, the, what he was teaching, what they were teaching was, let's just love people. Mm-hmm. Let's lead with love. Right. Not fear, but love. So if you're in gratitude, you're in love. If you're in fear, you're in anxiety and depression and turmoil and, you know, just anxiousness and just all kinds of stuff. So we have a choice. That's what I was going to say. That's a choice. You go here or here. How easy is that? And what a better way to play go is love, right? Panache decide, you know, panache. Oh my God. I just did a session with him two days ago. Oh, panache. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I am enough, his book. And Mm -hmm. we had a, he was a guest speaker on one of the masterminds with Michelle, but the way, I mean, I, his love and it's love and it's so love and everything is love and it's just so beautiful. And the way, if anyone could ever find him, I highly recommend he's just this being of love. And when you, it just takes every part of your body, any kind of like fear, nothing. You can't even go that way when you hear his voice, who he is. And why and his he's humor is great too. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, so he's a hilarious. Yes, he really is. Yeah. So you had a session with him? Yeah, there was. So he had a session where there was a small group. I think there could be up to 20 people in the group. But what ended up, there were only three of us that showed up. 
Oh, magic. (laughs) Yeah. This is really important to what I was trying to say earlier. Like, There's one thing I've been procrastinating on, and that had been pitching national media for what I'm doing you know, which directly relates to what's happening with COVID, you know, moving through sudden and unexpected change. I have some tools and resources for people and I want to share that. I was procrastinating on that. So Panache got on the call and he chooses me first. So only three of us, which I'm so grateful for. Um, He's like, so what's happening? He said, procrastination. Long story short, he says, so when was the first time you were violated? I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was when my birth father's father touched me inappropriately as a toddler, as a infant. Oh my gosh. And it's about powerlessness. It's about rage, about women, not particularly women. A lot of women don't feel like we can show our rage or we can allow our rage out. And so that little bit, so ultimately he had me hold his spirit and embrace his spirit through all kinds of other stuff. But the process He's like, now embrace him. I'm like, hell no. (laughs) I am not touching this man. (laughs) You know, like, no. And he goes, you're staying in your own prison. And it's preventing you from serving the way you need to serve. The way you are meant to be. Your life purpose of serving. So you can choose to stay in the poison that you're drinking. Or you can choose to to embrace. So you did it? Yeah. Yeah. And so I released resentment and anger and rage and it was amazing. Amazing. So that's why I say to everyone, life is a healing journey. No matter how much you have moved through, there's always opportunities to continue to move through. You'll have something that you'll bump up against that doesn't feel right. There's still time to move through it. But what's beautiful about that is As you move through your healing journey, you're much quicker about noticing it, acknowledging it, and releasing it and moving through it. So Mm -hmm. this took minutes where in the past it would have taken me years. Right. It's interesting how he went from procrastination to when were you violated? Yeah, because what was happening is powerlessness. So I was powerless. And so it's not safe to be seen. So from procrastination, what I was procrastinating on is truly being seen. Like there's, got, oh, got it. You're yes. going to be seen when you're on national yes. media. Right. Although I'm doing all these lives and I'm doing, you know, podcasts and I'm writing books, but when you're on national media, it's hard to not be seen. It's a different kind of scene, I think. Right. In my mind, that's what I labeled it. And right. yeah, so he went from there to powerlessness to, holding back the rage and then releasing the rage. So where I take my power back and I give his energy back to him. Mm. Like I took on part of his energy with that violation and I got to give it back Uh, and I got to own my own. There so much lighter, right? Yeah, exactly. And to live in a lighter place instead of holding that, that resentment on you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. So much better. So, so much, better. much better. And that was three days ago? It was this week. I don't oh my know gosh, what day that's this amazing. is. This is Wednesday. Monday, I think. It was huh. Monday. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. So before we go, I just, there's a couple things I wanted to ask you, but for one thing that Kathleen has learned in her life that really takes your mind to the peace place or the, you know, you say, you know, it takes practice, right? to get there where you can do it quicker instead of taking 20 years to figure that out. 
what do you feel like if someone's listening right now and saying, oh, that sounds easy for her to get through it in a day, which, you know, I'm still at 20 years. What is that one little thing that you could, that they could take away? The one thing I tell everybody who's experienced sudden and unexpected change is it's like a grief prescription. Your A life is no longer. You, you know, if you've gone through this sudden and unexpected change in your life, your A life is not here any longer. So why not try out the B life? And that is be in the moment. You know, you cannot think too far out into the future because you just create stories based on what you knew, not what can be. Mm-hmm. And how you can be in the moment is to breathe. Focus on your breath. Close your eyes and breathe deep. And it's a four by four by four by four. So it's not my, it's what I've learned, it's what I use. Is you breathe into the count of four, you hold it to the count of four, you breathe out to the count of four, you hold it to the count of four, and do that four times in a row. And if you need to do it again, do it again. And the third, most importantly, is breathe, uh, believe. Believe that you are not alone. Believe that you can make it through this. If I've made through what I've made it through and be light and love and compassion and just living in the, just surrendering and just connected, you can do it too. You don't have to live in the pain and the numbness and the avoidance and the masking and dysfunction. (laughs) Thank you. That's beautiful. What would be the one word that, you know, sometimes I think, oh, clarity, consistency, you know, where I am each day in my life, there's usually a different word. And I try to have an intention every day, what I'm going to work on or what, what I really feel that, you know, consistent, like doing these podcasts, you know, being Mm -hmm. consistent, you know, my workouts are always consistent. I'm a very consistent person and there's certain areas that I'm not, but what's an area that you like to think of that you want to work on every day? Consciously connecting. And what does that mean? That means... Going inward instead of outside. So it's just closing your eyes and being present. So I have a whole daily practice that I do gratitude every morning. I do affirmations and intentions and I meditate. I work out. I acknowledge myself. I write 10 things I'm grateful for every day. Yeah, I do too. That's so important to start your day that way. I teach my children that too. Mm -hmm. It's such an important uh, ritual, routine, or habit to get into. It shifts your whole energy. Yeah. So consciously connecting means just close your eyes and follow your breath inwardly. Just follow your breath and your mind will start to chatter. And each time it does, just go back to your breath and do it for five minutes. Just be consistent. Like you said, Ashley, consistency is the key. Be consistent. Do it for five minutes a day. And then after a few weeks, do it for 10 minutes a day. And then get yourself up to 20 minutes a day. Now, if you go over 20 minutes, yay for you. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't have more than 20 minutes to, I mean, after doing all that I do. And then I also do a live meditation every morning at nine. So it's, I get a, a double wink. A double whammy, dose. You know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Lovely. Well, could you yeah. share with, okay, so you have two books. One's coming out in a couple months. The other one just went out in May. Yeah. So Women Who Rise, there's, that's a collaborative book of 30 inspiring stories. It's amazing. There are just really inspiring authors in there, including my story. And then Shattered Together is launching the first week of October. 
I don't have the exact launch day, but it is the 1st of October. And that is a story, This, you know, my stories intertwined from the place of lightness. You know, like there's some intense stories in there, but it's from the 10-year journey that I've been on. And then I provide tools and teachings and daily practices for you to start to incorporate in your life. Hmm. Um, and then I have 90-minute healing circles that are coming up. So we're for 90 minutes, up to 20 people will be in a circle virtually and we'll just do healing circles. And when people come together, what I didn't say is like when people come together, they're meant to come together because usually there's a commonality. So as one person's receiving healing, then the whole group is receiving healing. Oh, beautiful. And then I have a virtual eight-week program for those who have lost someone suddenly and unexpectedly. So that's a, that is a grief sacred healing circle that teaches you about the experiences of grief, what you might be experiencing, and then there's a healing component to it. So it's a support group that's a sacred circle with healing attached along with it, which is different than an average support group. Huh. Oh, what a beautiful thing to offer. Wow. Mm, yeah. How many yeah. people that you will empower and help and... Just yeah. And those are life. small. Those are small as well. So those groups are 10 to a group right now. You know, there's mm-hmm. 10 people per group. Yeah. And so if anybody has any interest, it's KathleenL.com. You just spell out my name.com. And all of my social media is Kathleen L Inspires, with the exception of Twitter, which is just Kathleen L. But if you type in Kathleen L, you should be able to find me in pretty much any social media outlet. Yeah. And I just, for everyone to know, I've been watching Kathleen on Facebook and every morning she gets up and has a word and she pulls a card and, you know, talks about it. And it's like setting what the intention of the day is. And it's really beautiful. So if you have time to go do that, she's on there. You can go backwards. And I did that a few, like all day, all week this week. I've been going back (laughs) to all the different days. There's just You just are here for a reason. You have this amazing purpose to help people and change lives. And I mean, I, I, just watching you as we've had this hour together, your light shines so bright, like I said, mm-hmm. and I feel like you're, you're in my tribe and I feel like we're going to be connected at some point, even though you're on the East Coast and we'll be, I know I'll meet you in person one day. Yes, you're you beautiful are. soul. I'm Thank so you. grateful to have you on the show. My listeners are going to listen to this over and over and get so much from this. I'm so thankful. Thank you. And I'm so grateful that we get to meet as well. I appreciate you, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.